Grace and peace are yours in abundance in your knowledge of God and your Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word comes to us today from our gospel lesson taken from the Gospel of Matthew. There we saw Jesus in the wilderness, led by the Spirit and fasting for 40 days. Now, just before this, he was standing in the Jordan River with the Father declaring from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. But now he's isolated, weak, and hungry, with the devil in his ear, tempting him. What is Jesus doing out there in the wilderness, far beyond the city walls? He's going about saving the people of God. Speaking of the people of God, they have experience in the wilderness. When the Lord led them out of Egypt to the promised land, they spent 40 years in the wilderness. And their record of faithfulness during those years is far from perfect. Remember, so quickly after crossing the Red Sea, the people grumbled about food. They missed the bread and meat they had in Egypt as slaves. God responded by providing them manna, bread from heaven. There was also grumbling about water. In Exodus 17, they demanded to know, is the Lord among us or not? God responded faithfully. Again, he directed Moses to strike a rock with his staff and water flowed for all the people. And then there was the golden calf. Exodus 32, when Moses had been away on Mount Sinai for 40 days, the people decided he'd been gone too long, it was time to give up hope, they demanded that Aaron make a new set of gods to deliver them to the promised land, and thus the golden calf was forged. After 40 days of camping in the wilderness around Mount Sinai, the people were ready to believe God was not looking out for them anymore. When the people of God were in the wilderness, they did a terrible job of trusting the Lord and resisting temptation. They could not make it 40 days without looking for another God to worship. So, Jesus goes into the wilderness for 40 days without any food to take the place of sinners to do what they could not namely resist their own worst impulses and the temptation of the evil one 
And there, in the wilderness, the battle begins. Satan thinks he has an opening. Just days before, the Father had said to Jesus from heaven, You are my beloved Son. The devil immediately calls that word into question. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Are you really the Son of God? Then why are you hungry? Why would your Father bring you out into this wilderness to die? That had worked really well on the Israelites in Exodus 16. In no time at all, they were saying, Hey, yeah, why did God bring us out into this wilderness to die? But with Jesus, there's no, hey, yeah. Instead, he quotes scripture. From the time of Exodus, by the way, in Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. What a comeback. Jesus says to Satan, I don't judge my father's love by my circumstances. I know my father's love because of his word. I've heard him say to me, you are my beloved son. So, the devil regroups, tempts Jesus to entitlement. He shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and says, I'll give you all the authority and glory you see here if you'll just bow down and worship me. Under that temptation are thoughts like this. Doesn't the Son of God deserve better than what you're getting? Jesus, you can opt out. Worship me, I'll give you all the wealth with none of the suffering. You deserve better than your Father's way. Well, Jesus responds with a word from God again and says, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. He's quoting... Deuteronomy 6, verse 13, originally spoken to God's people in the wilderness. Verse 12, just before it says, Take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. The people of Israel too easily forget the Lord when confronted with temptation. They grumbled that they deserved better than manna. They wanted cucumbers and melons. They get that specific in the word. Even if it meant slavery again. But Jesus did not give in. He trusts that his Father's plan is right, even if it means 40 days in the wilderness with no food. Even if it means a cross. 
Well, Satan is 0 for 2. So he tempts Jesus to demand a sign. He takes Jesus to Jerusalem, sets him on the pinnacle of the temple. This time, the devil even quotes Scripture as part of his temptation. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Satan wants Jesus to ask, is God really with me or not? And to ask that question to the point that he throws himself off of the temple to make his father prove it. Jesus responds, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And guess what? He's quoting Deuteronomy 6 again. This time verse 16. The whole verse sounds like this. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massah. At Massah, thirsty and unhappy with God's plan, the people said, Is the Lord among us or not? Jesus knows there is no need to doubt his Father or demand proof. The Word is enough. So the devil strikes out and he leaves, but you know he'll be back. He'll be whispering in Jesus' ear as he prays in Gethsemane, He'll provoke sinners at Calvary to cry out, If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Another prove-it moment. Do you see what Jesus was up to in the wilderness? He was doing what Israel could not do. He was doing what we could not do. He resists every temptation perfectly. And that perfect record will then cover every single sinner who believes and trusts in Him. If you believe it, His perfection is credited to you and you belong to Him. And that is a beautiful thing. And because you are the Lord's own, you can be sure you are targeted by the devil and he will tempt you as he tempted Christ. He'll tempt you to doubt God's love, He'll tempt you to feel like you deserve better than what he's providing. He'll even demand you, he'll even tempt you to demand proof beyond what he's already said in his word. And when that happens, it's time to remember 
that Jesus fought this battle for you already. The test has been taken. The grade has been earned. The verdict is in. And still, Satan tries to damage your faith. But no matter what, you have God's word to tell you what Jesus has done and how nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Truly, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Let's pray. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, out there in the wilderness, Jesus was doing what no one else could do, and that is live your law so perfectly that every temptation could be turned aside simply by recalling your word. We trust in Jesus' performance today. And by faith in what he has done for us, we know that his righteousness is applied to us. It covers us. It is our baptismal garment, the the substance of our faith that we have in him, that he took his perfect life and laid it down on the cross as a sacrifice that would count for all of us. And then on the third day rise to new, glorious, never-ending life, and that all who believe and trust in him are joined to his life, today and always. Strengthen our faith in the face of temptation. Send us your Holy Spirit that we too would stand on your word and would confess our sins and receive forgiveness from our Savior who walked perfectly for us, Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen.